0: D20 Radio, your gamer's
1: roll. www.d20radio.com Welcome to Opcast, Arms Around the Trinity Continuum. Our podcast has in-depth reviews covering everything from first edition to the newest story path edition of the books published for the Trinity Continuum, including Aeon, Aberrant, Adventure, and more. Today we'd like to shout out the Soliverse show. The Soliverse show is dedicated to all the happenings in and around the hottest new metaverse project, the Soliverse. Join Big Yoda and his guests. All Solar Star NFT owners as they talk about the games and activities you find within the Solarverse. Hmm. That is an interesting topic on the D20 radio network. We'll have to see how folks feel about that. So,
2: today we are talking about one of, if not in my humble opinion, the best role playing supplements ever written. And we are also talking with a friend of the show, Mr. Matthew Malice. Hi, Matthew. Hello. How are you doing?
0: Hello, everyone out there in the Opcast-verse, in the continuum, I should say.
2: Indeed. So, what is everyone's first initial thoughts, memories, fond recollections about this little gem?
0: Did you even say what it was?
2: Yeah, it's a Terrigen book, right? Did I say that? Yeah. Did you Terrigen. not say the Terrigen <laughs> Oh, I didn't say that? Well, people can read the episode title. They know what they're, what's up. <laughs>
0: That was awesome. Yes, the first edition Aterigen book for aberrant, and I agree with Scott. Is in my fond memories, it is one of my favorite to read, straight up and down. Don't no no bones about it. It's also a rough read. We'll get into that. So you are warned. This is not a light-hearted subject matter. There's stuff in there. A lot of meat on the bones.
1: I have read this book more times than I can count because it is Mm -hmm. such a good book to read. And the Terrigen are my favorite group within Aberrant. And I remember devouring this book when I first found it. A friend of mine owned it. I still own his copy Mm -hmm. of it and eventually (laughs) will return it to him. Um, But I have read it more times than I can count and is falling apart literally. So it is definitely a book to read with some careful eyes from 2022, however.
2: Yes. indeed indeed so the the structure of this book this book is mostly setting material yeah uh, either direct in play setting material there's about 80 pages of the trinity first edition style of in universe news clippings transcripts that sort of thing and then there is another bunch of pages that are out of universe discussion about the the Terrigen, uh storytelling advice etc 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 and only the barest sliver of mechanics yeah. which wouldn't apply which in keeping with our discussion about first edition material we discuss first edition material based on its utility to running a second edition or troy path edition game mm-hmm. meaning this book is so useful in terms of idea mining and it has very little that does not directly or with a little bit of massaging can directly pour over into the story path edition of the, of the game.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. It's one of the few supplements that I know one E that you're going to like, you could almost take a full cloth and run it in your game. No, no real problems. Mechanically. Don't worry about it. Throw that stuff out. It was weird anyways, hmm. but It works. The concepts, the ideas in the book are gold, absolute 100 percent quantum gold. As for like my initiation into the book is Sue Scott. This is kind of why I'm on. He introduced me to Aberrant. We did a play by email game for a long time. He said, hey, Matt, you need to read these books. And I started reading the Terrigan book and me being 20 something college kid. A lot of a lot of things going on in my head at the time was revelatory i love comic books i liked the iron age authority concept of superheroes and this was just chock full of it this was just everything you wanted to read because this book introduced me to the concept of transhumanism like the real concept of what it means to try to go outside your thinking and perspective on what it means to not be human and what in in relation to that what it means to be human. Like, how do you define that? And that is the big question in the Derrigan book is what does it mean to be a God? Like it tries to answer the big question. What is, what would you do with the power of a God? And, but the Derrigan asked the other question of what is a God?
2: Yeah. And when we're talking about Godhead, we're talking about Godhead from a, a very materialist standpoint, even though there are people of faith and people who have, you know, faith in this, this book, the the reality of it that it never shies away from or really doesn't try and dress up too much is that this is a very materialist form of God in the sense of being of great power.
0: Yes. Little
2: G God, not upper G God idea.
0: God. Yes. Like, like you are an Olympian God. You are in any of, of the pantheons that we've ever had in concept. They exist that in the Terrigen somewhere in there tries to embrace an aspect of that at least a faction of them do yeah um but you get the idea like just a little you because everything is for always from the perspective outside of the terrigen of like religion there's nothing truly quote-unquote divine about them but they interpret it as such because how could you tell the difference?
2: So uh, talking about some more of the structure of the book itself, this is an all black and white book, even the setting information. So there's no color art or material in here, but it's still very good for, for being black and white. Very, very comic booky in some places, but still very well done. Uh, the cover is the iconic picture of Divis Maul with Leviathan behind him. I
0: wondered who was behind him. I never, I, I never assumed that was Leviathan.
2: I think that that's clearly Leviathan. I mean, I, I don't think there's any other character that's that like quite a looks like that.
0: That's like a lizard man. Like, he's an alligator. Like, you're, I could see, I, I see your interpretation, Scott. I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't okay. think that is.
1: Yeah, I never took it as Leviathan. I can see why you might, but I actually take that as another aspect of Divis Maul. It's hmm. almost like him if he were to become the monster of the monster Marvel portent group of, of different doctrines of Terrace, Like, I think that is Maul with extra arms.
0: Or, okay. or like the projection of the adversary. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he... You see this majestic Superman-like figure, but in some respect, at least in first edition, he is very much the adversary. He's, he's the monster in the back of, under your bed type of thing. Like he's boogeyman, like, like, like the devil.
2: So, I mean, that, I think that highlights something about this book in that it's a role playing book that talks a lot about philosophy. And as such, there are many things open to interpretation. Correct. But it is, like I said, most of the first 80 pages of it is a collection of in-play information I think it's framed. If I'm reading it correctly, there's there's a framing of it that this is a file gathered by the directive that in some places. In that this is a, a a from the outside intelligence perspective, which there is something a point at the later when the later point of the book wherein it reveals that all this information was leaked to the directive <laughs> in a backhanded way of attempting to form an alliance against Utopia, which I found incredibly interesting. But yeah, thoughts in general on the the, the big setting idea, the, the setting information and other things that we get in this first big chunk of the book.
1: I hate to say it, but you skipped over one of my favorite parts, oh, which okay. is the opening story, which right. I am not an opening story person, but mm-hmm. this particular opening story oh, yeah. with shrapnel is mm-hmm. so good. It I just, agree wholeheartedly. It sets her up as what her character would would be like, and gives you information on the Terrigen and their conflicted nature. It is it is really well done storytelling.
2: I, I wholeheartedly short, agree, uh, it's and like I think two pages. yeah, it's like two pages. And Shrapnel is one of the few characters that I don't believe has been referenced in the new edition. I'm I'm hoping that we'll get a version of her in the Proteus Nova Compendium. I really would like to see the new version of her. And I think that, that why that is the case is because of one of the biggest changes to the Terrigen is that we do not have the faction known as the Primacy, which is the Nova Supremacist, very political, we are going to take over the world or at the very least build our own nation yeah. faction. It is a faction that uses political violence to achieve its goals and is willing to kill a lot of people to see their vision soon forth. And I think that as I'm describing the primacy, I think you know exactly why it's not been brought forward it's, into the second edition.
0: I was thinking about this today. They did a lot of they did more shuffling around with the Terrigen than I thought they did. And then I said I looked through it briefly and I was like, no no, there's like two factions have been changed. One has been renamed and a what and a couple of them don't exist anymore. Like there is just a very big switch up of what's going on inside the Terrigen. And I see exactly why. When you read the book, you'll understand because this is definitely trying to be extremely edgy and extremely like subversive. And in the modern political climate that we are in, this is not the most hopeful, good, even sympathetic depiction of what they're trying to go for.
2: Oh no. The first edition that this was a, it was very interesting to see the Terrigen because they were much more. They had a lot of, let's let's say it, call it for what it is, terrorist elements to it. Yes, uh, terrorist and violent elements to it. Not that second edition or story path edition doesn't have those, but they've been consolidated into the aberrance faction. Right, uh, and it makes sense in a way because even though it, they had all of those, you had the sinister nature of Utopia as a mirror, as a reflection to it. Mm -hmm. And since Utopia has been cleaned up sufficiently, so too has the Terrigen in some ways. So it's like trying to keep the the reflections parallel while losing a little bit of the diversity and nuance of what makes up the Terrigen.
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly because without the the dark underbelly of Utopia, if you were to take 1E at Terrigen, they would be awful. Like, they would be like, there's literally almost no redeeming quality about them, because they're just really assholes. All of them.
2: A lot of them are.
0: A lot of um, them are Some of them aren't. But they definitely have very extreme views.
1: Yep. I, I would say the extreme views are tempered, I think, like Scott mentioned, with the, the fact that Utopia is absolutely terrible mm-hmm. in 1E, and so the dialing back of making them the terrorist, at least a more philosophically engaging group for other novas who might be like inclined to be considering terrorists as a philosophy to follow. It makes sense. You've got to give a reason for that, a hook for that, and I think there's enough of that there within saying, "Hey, the aberrants are the terrorists within that group," and you can have sympathy for the IRA, or I should say for um, Sinn Fein, I believe, mm-hmm. but not have sympathy for the IRA. That is definitely something that has its elements here in the Terigen as well. Yeah,
0: two two E Terigen feel like a social movement, mm-hmm. a modern social movement, and a philosophy. And these guys, one E, are much more extremist. They are a lot of them are extremists.
2: Um, it's it's a group of of transhumanist extremists. We also have described here. A faction that I don't think brought forward is the Harvesters faction. Yes, yeah. That's... Uh, which, given the once, I think this this was changed for another reason that they they moved away from the concept of taint and to transcendence. Yep. Uh, where you know taint was this inherently corruptive force, or and transcendence can be corruptive, but has ways of dealing with it that and the harvesters were very much they were the mad scientists let's dunk our head under the the acid water and see what cool powers we get but they also helped people who had like extreme eruptions to to channel and lessen some of the more extreme manifestations of their 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 corruptive powers
0: they were both a self-help group as well as researchers Mm -hmm. into because they didn't understand what taint is like everything a lot of this stuff they're like we're still new maul doesn't even like he grasps a lot of it he gave us terrors but we're still figuring out the the specifics here and that's what the harvesters were where these groups where extremely tainted people could go a to be safe for themselves and others and so they could research it and go why does taint affect some people like this and other people like that because it's not supposed to be a science it's not Quantum powers are weird, man.
1: <laughs> the cool yeah, thing is the it... Apothecary does still exist in 2E. Mm-hmm. So he's one of the the named yep. members of the Pantheon. So if you want to pull in the Harvesters as a concept, you can pull it directly from 1E. And I would say that's very much uh, like in keeping with 2E. Like That would not break anything to do that. Nope. Absolutely. Um, yeah.
0: Because uh. actually because it was called Taint, from a very minor mechanical thing, they had quantum powers that dealt with taint specifically and we haven't seen any examples of that in 2e yet so that's why it wouldn't you'd have to do some jiggering and poking if you wanted to do more with it
2: so another uh, thing and and something i want to mention here is that if it sounds like we're we're taking a, a broad uh, base of of explaining this to you it's because this section this first big setting section is not very well organized mm-hmm. it is it's less of a thing that you can pick a section out of and read. It's you have to read this thing whole, like because it, 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 there's a flow to it mm-hmm. and it, it does not easily break itself up into sections. There's a, there is a story that is told through the, the setting section that really you owe it to yourself to just straight up read it, so, but it makes describing it a little difficult. But in keeping with that, there's another big chain that changes along with the, the removal of the, the, stereo, the sterilization project. Is the part of the fact the Terragen faction that is all about Nova children. Yes. And then that Bounty, who is a character who has changed significantly, is a character who um leads something called the nursery, which is more of a location than a faction itself, mm-hmm. but it is a place where People, novas who have not been affected by the Utopia sterilization cocktail go to have children and have the children taken care of. And it's very much a the future of our species place. And it's a very secret, well-guarded location that the Terrigen have that she is in control of. And that is another very interesting thing, because I don't believe the Story Path Edition has really gone into Nova children very much as of yet.
1: It has mentioned that there are Nova children mm-hmm. and that there are a second generation of them very briefly mentioned, and that's it. And you're that, that's hopeful that there are kids at least that Novas have had, so you're not having that same like continuation of that mm-hmm. plot line, but... In it's not done in a way that you can mine that for much of a story idea, actually. Mm-hmm. But oh. you could,
2: if you wanted to, take the concept of the nursery, maybe not the reason for its existence, but you could take that from this book and use it in Story Path Edition very easily. Mm-hmm. Because That's I think End cool. Day was 10 years ago in setting. So the, n- unless you're talking about the few Novas who existed before End Day, children would be at, uh, 10 at the oldest. Yeah, which they may or may not have manifested quantum powers and at that also point.
0: i think that's also a reason why they shored up the numbers of novas on the world to like mm-hmm. 2000 so you would not have a population explosion because they wouldn't necessarily meet let alone have children and in that amount of time like there even 10 years after even if there are nova children there wouldn't be many of them it'd be very few and far between um but yeah, yeah
2: that, that is certainly something that you could talk about because it talks about like what are Nova children like? Who, do I, they, in, in this version of it, Nova children are very different. Like they, they, at least from humans who become Novas, they are physiologically different as described here. And that's not something that's gone into about whether or not that's the case with Nova children. So if that is a storyline that you're interested in, I wholeheartedly look in look into that section of it because it's very interesting there's a lot of interesting questions about it
0: going back to real quick about reading it if you're if you're reading the first section you're kind of getting lost granted it's well written you probably wouldn't you may behoove you to skip to the more analytical objective part to give your broad overview then when you get kind of the gist of that go back to the beginning read the first part because then you'll have a lot more like just context in your head about how to read this. And then when you do that, it will all open up for you, I promise. Because that's basically what happened to me. I read all the objective stuff first and then eventually I was like, oh, well, let me read the first part. And then I'm like, oh, now I get everything that's going on here. I have really good, good guidance of what I'm reading.
1: That is very good advice, yeah. And there's a meta plot within that section. Like this moves the plot of Aberrant along. In a way that most aberrant books move the plot along, yes, but this one, if you do not read it from front to back, you may miss or you may pick up parts of the meta plot out of sync. So I don't disagree with you necessarily, but I mm-hmm. also think like it does for once behoove you to read this from cover to cover because it. it is written so as if you were discovering this information in that sequence for a reason. Yes, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's very much written as a, this is a thing that is happening in real time. Things change in the story and in the, the the universe as you read this book. There are things that happen and it's very well done. It's very well, like it's kind of sitting on the edge of your seat kind of read because things are happening as they are describing the faction because the Terrigen is a faction in metamorphosis
0: in chrysalis one would in say. chrysalis
2: yes like it is an it is actively in the process of changing as per game start yes like it is not a status quo it is not a a, a firmly established thing and and the idea being that you as a terrigen pc mm-hmm. have the opportunity to affect that change Like, it is very written from the perspective of, hey, if you are an up-and-comer, if you are someone who can get involved in this movement, you can have your set. Because one of the the basic ideas is that the biggest, most powerful Nova in the world wants to hear your voice and wants to hear what you think about the nature of reality and the way of the Nova race forward. And that filters down to the whole movement
0: because it's a new movement that the whole point of this just like in 2e it's a new movement it is still getting its feet underneath the people that have founded it are in a good position but that doesn't mean that they're going to be in that position forever depending on which way the movement swings because it's very factional it's designed to be like and this is kind of why i like second e a little bit better when having less novas is every nova counts a little bit more if you got them in your corner So if you go up as a PC, like this faction's, like I got the PCs on my back, that gives me the head of that faction a lot more clout when dealing with any of the other groups.
2: And uh, second edition has a wonderful mechanic in the in the path rating, Uh, the idea that you have more path dots, that means you have more sway in this institution or this organization, and that's a mechanical way of saying, hey, I'm I'm pretty big, I'm a pretty big deal, and in the Terrigen specifically. That's very important.
0: Yes, the status that you have. And that's something that I don't think, we, it's definitely not mentioned directly in the first edition book, but definitely needs to be addressed as status. Like you are a mover and shaker. What have you done for the movement? And how do people, all the other people in the Pantheon and other territory members respond to you based on what you've done? They may love you. They may hate you. All depending on what you did.
2: Some of them may love you. Some of them may hate you. And like, it's not just that you need to have done a lot of things. You need to have ideas. Yes. Like you need to have a thought about where we're going and
1: how we're going to get there. Yeah. Even members that are the muscle in the Terigen are philosophers. Like there is not a single member of the Terigen that does not have, or has not spent some time considering the nature of reality and who they are and what it, it means to be a Nova. So even Garyon and Leviathan, who are monsters, have considered what it means to be a monster and what that means to be them within a world where they are embodying that monstrous nature. Um, and Garyon, in particular, could probably wax poetical about that for a long period of time.
0: And, and that's actually another thing. You you hear about Garyon, and you hear about Leviathan, and you think of the scary big monster read the first ebook and look up their sections and look up when, when they're in the in play conversations, you start getting their character and you understand they're a lot deeper than you think they are. Yeah. They just, are, they just don't show it. Mm-hmm. They yeah. Are a, it. a great
2: majority of what's in this setting section is conversations. Yes. Is debates, is arguments, is yeah. people organizing and moving together and, Trying to talk about what's going on, how they're gonna respond.
0: Oh, one of my favorite one of my favorite parts I just you just reminded me of it is somebody's organizing the big quote unquote last supper, mm-hmm. the big pantheon meeting, because they don't meet very often, and they're trying to figure out placement. They're trying to figure <laughs> out who is going to sit where and what they should bring and what they should order. <laughs> yeah,
2: and and the yeah, the catering. Yeah.
0: The catering. It's all about catering. You think that's it's silly, but it's actually extremely informative of this is the level of social dynamics that they have because they're like, well, I don't let's not put these two together because they will literally try to kill each other because of the thing that happened last week. So let's separate them. We'll bring him here. But I need to talk to this person. So sit them next to me. And it's it's all of that. It's all of that. And.
2: And that, that conversation, that specific conversation leads into probably one of the funniest, edgiest, and and interesting pieces of art in this book, which is yep. the literal Last Supper painting with these NPCs. Yep. It's a two-page spread. It's one of those pieces of art that I want on my wall of the Last Supper, that famous picture uh, of the, the Last Supper of Christ, but with the Terrigen. And it yep. is an amazing piece of art. It is also incredibly cringy from, from a also 2022 perspective.
0: informative. Yes. Pay attention to where everyone is. Mm-hmm. That's important to the meta plot. Because we all know where Judas was, right?
1: There is yeah. that element. There's also all of the knowledge you get about who their characters are just from their like power set and things like that you see <laughs> on them yeah. at the mm-hmm. table. Like It's really informative to look at them and be like, oh, that's how... That particular character's uh, like quantum aura appears and things mm-hmm. like that. Like, it's just a great image on so many levels.
2: And it, it sums up first edition so well because it is cool and cringy. In the, oh, okay, they're doing the Jesus thing, like that very on the nose.
1: And it, a picture is a thousand words in this one. Yes. And then they 100%. give you that thousand
0: words. Oh, yes. So. And then they give you that thousand words in the <laughs> and edition. They give you that thousand words. Yeah, that first part because there the the meta story in the beginning is interesting because they're talking about they keep have a recurring interrogation slash brainwashing or brain unwashing, however you want to perceive it, of a uh, of a utopian Nova known as Saxon, who was part of Team Tomorrow, he was soon dead, and the Terrigen got his hand get their hands on him. And it's this constant reminder of something that's going on of trying to teach Saxon the true nature of what he is from the Terrigen perspective because he's a utopian lackey they're like you are so much better than bigger and better than utopia you just never embraced it but and that's but-
2: that's a I think that that's referenced directly from sub portion of the core book is they talk about saxon being kidnapped in the right. core book okay
0: yeah yep. i forgot about that part so um,
1: if, i think so he's it's missing his... in
0: the core book i don't yeah. know if they
1: they say that he's uh, been kidnapped by the terrigen but he's missing mm-hmm. and like assumed probably to be kidnapped by the terrigen so he, here they're yeah. like yeah he absolutely is kidnapped by the terrigen this is what they're doing to him mm-hmm.
0: and again it's all in your interpretation are they freeing his mind or are they just brainwashing him <laughs> it's hard it, to
2: tell it's hard to tell the Terrigen it, it's a complicated thing another piece of art that I just flipped to that I think is probably another one of like my low-key favorites is on page 64 and it is a picture of Divas Mall and Narcosis in street clothes
0: yes. just yeah. hanging it's out the, it's it is a very interesting picture because you read about Divas and then you read about Narcosis and they look like in this picture two normal sort of like middle american people just sitting on a couch like it's a you know who they are Mm look at their faces you can't not know who they are but it's weird it's It's weird yeah
2: it's well it's it it goes to show that even though these people are demigods and people of incredible power they're still at some level people and they don't always wear the super suit they do have times when they they go go off camera and and tone themselves down a little bit to be a bit more real and i i love it for that purpose like this is diva Mall, the biggest dude and he's wearing like clearly a t-shirt and jeans yep
1: i i really like this picture for telling you about their relationship mm-hmm. also to be fair they get into some weird elements of narcosis and diva Mall's relationship in one e but they are supposed to be really close to one another mm-hmm. and mall is not close to many people period like mm-hmm. he is, he has a lover in Jeremiah scripture and he has a friend in Narcosis and you kind of get the sense that that's it the, of people that he's actually like close to. In any way you're- I
2: think he has a great deal of respect for the count. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I don't yes. know if they're close, but I think that they are on the same page about a great many things. And that says that is, that has a lot of weight.
0: The quiz central line, because I remember reading it, because I actually really like the count. He's one of my mm-hmm. favorite characters is Nibis, in 1E, Divis says to the Count, "Your journey will what the path you walk will reap you the the largest fruit, like the largest benefit."
2: Yeah, he says, "Like, like you keep, keep being the point of the spear,
0: keep doing what you're doing, and you everything will come to you." Because he's the most non-transcendent of all of them, at least physically. As far as we know, in the one e-book, he never went through Chrysalis.
2: And yet, he is one of the most committed and, yep. like, like in it to win it, Territ.
0: Yep. yep, he absolutely is.
1: He absolutely embodies all three doctrines of Terris mm-hmm. in a way without abandoning who he really wants to be. And I think that's a really key element. Like Terrace is this philosophy with three elements, Marvel, monster, and portent, mm-hmm. that tells you about the three pillars of what it means to be a Nova. And it is a often like a Nova will pick one of them and be like, this is the thing that I want to be. I want to be a portent, or I want to be a Marvel or I want to be a monster. The count really is like, I'm all of these things and true to myself. And I think that is the essence that Divis Maul sees in him and respects is like he is true to who he is in everything
2: mm-hmm. and because I think Maul very much is also that same way I am Marvel I am monster I am important I am beyond and I am very much myself so I think he sees that come a kindred spirit in in the count but he also knows that this is a guy who will stab me in the back and could very well do it if, if our purposes do not align
0: but they generally do a align. Like, they generally do. Because he is the PR agent. The Terrigen would have a much harder time of everything if the count doesn't. That's why it's interesting that they, he get, in 2E, they we create the network, which they call the Casablanca in mm-hmm. 1E. That's basically just ported that over and changed the name and the network works better. And the idea is he's the social and shaker amongst like social media. About the, like the, the media at large, he takes that as like what how he contributes to the movement.
2: And speaking also of recruiting, speaking of the media at large, we also get several sections of in, like interviews with normal people and yeah. like talk shows of normal people and like the perspective on the Terrigen of people who aren't Novas. And it is interesting to see what p- normal people think of them. A lot of it is they're terrorists, they're monsters, we're scared of them. But there's a lot of baselines are all who maybe they don't really understand what the Terrigen is and maybe their reasons for liking the Terrigen aren't uh very intelligent but some people get it like some people really like some people buy into the ideas that the Terrigen put forth even from a baseline
1: perspective Mm -hmm. there's a reason that there are members of the Terrigen that uh, organize groups to cause eruptions and things like that like there are cults who are followers of the Terrigen, there are reason those things exist is because the Terrigen gets something from those baselines mm-hmm. and those baselines feel like they belong to something. It's a really like interesting story hook to have a cult of Maul or one of those different groups as an antagonist group or a protagonist group in mm-hmm. your game, depending on how you want to present them.
2: Yeah, like, like
1: how,
2: how do you as a terror, uh, real deal with the fact that there are a sizable amount of people who are hangers on? Do you, how do you treat them? How do you use them? How do you interact with them given this supremacist separatist philosophy that you're supposed to be following?
0: Right. It's like what is your relationship to humanity? You need to understand and figure that out because you're, you're not one of them. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's actually the trap of some of the marvels and some of the other ones, all of them can do this. They fall into a trap where they think they're following the, the, the big archetype, but they're actually just indulging in their own selfishness and their own pettiness and their own ego. And they're there. If you read it and you read it deeply enough, you'll start seeing kind of where those lines are, who's really doing that. And who's, who's walking the real path and who is just walking to self-destruction. Because mm-hmm. some of these terrigen's are going to self-destruct.
2: And, and it's not easy to pick out who's who. Like, you can't just say, like, oh, Garion, he's a monster and he kills people. But he's in control of himself every time he does it. Like, I, I doubt he is going to be... He, he is not going to be one of the ones that just goes completely bug nuts and, and loses control of himself. Because he's in utter control of his powers and his abilities. Yep. He's probably going to get taken down at some point because of his methods and the way he uses his power, but he's not going to go crazy. Whereas someone who's less
1: obviously tainted might truly well go over the edge. Yep. And yep. you even get hints that like the apothecary, for example, who has no obvious mm-hmm. taint in first edition, but clearly has, is mentally unhinged. Mm-hmm. And you get the sense in the way the book is written that he is going to break at some mm-hmm. point. And that is going to be bad. And what does that mean for all of the Harvester faction and all of these Novas that are incredibly um, tainted or have lots of transcendence in the 2E language? Like, what do they do when their guide breaks down and maybe kills a bunch of them? Because that seems like it's on the table with
0: them. Or, or turns yeah, the or faction- like
2: experiments on them or uses them for something yeah,
0: horrible. Turns the faction against the rest of the Terrigen for some power play that he's got in his head. Right. The apothecary is a very narcissistic dude. He is. He is dark.
2: I think um, you might be. I think you might be thinking of the apostle.
0: Yeah, never mind the apostle. Sorry, the apostle oh, is
2: it's... the worst. Yes,
0: when I said Judas earlier. There was, <laughs> there was someone in my head I was thinking of.
2: Yeah, um, I, I don't recall if we have the apostle in second edition.
1: He, uh, he is referenced in the pantheon. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really go into it. Yet. We don't have much detail on him. Not like what we get in 2E or in 1E, where in 1E, the apostle Marcel Delromier is a really important element of the meta plot because the purge of the Terrigen happens because of him. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, sorry for that spoiler, but like without him, you would not have everything that instigates the whole Terrigen becoming an explicit terrorist group out to take down utopia and everything
0: right oh i i, I know it, it should be said i th- hopefully we've just this detergent especially if you're going to take elements from 1e be very careful be very considerate of your players talk to everyone make sure everyone's on board because there are some weird and dark places you can go with this especially if you pull from 1e stuff Because they don't hold back. There are some gnarly things. Because a lot of things you have to do to go on Chrysalis and all this other stuff is you have to do things that affirm your inhumanity. And a lot of that involves, not always, but a lot of that involves killing normal people.
2: Or hurting them or or using them. them, Or
0: doing something to just undermine and psychologically reinforce to yourself that you are not a normal human being anymore. So keep that in mind, be very mindful of it. But if you're cool, if the group is good with that, there's just absolutely gob tons.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think there's a lot of parallels to the Sabbat from Vampire. Yes. I think that if you're going to play a Terrigen game or have Terrigen PCs, you definitely need to have a long session, zero level conversation. And if you're going to use the Terrigen as antagonists, then you need to put a lot of things
1: on the table before you do so. Because like Matthew said, Things can get real dark. Yep, and there is at least one element of the one ebook. There are a couple, but one in particular you should not port, in my opinion. There is a particular member of the pantheon called the Confederate.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. He,
1: about it. He, he is he is absolutely ridiculous because he is mm-hmm. such a pastiche of, of the over the top white supremacist that in nineteen ninety nine or two thousand when this came out, two thousand one maybe at the most, you could laugh at those people. Mm-hmm. and today it's too real to have someone like that? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've actually
2: had some thought, like, I had a long hard thought about, like, if I wanted to use him or if I wanted to, to carry him over, like, I think one of my thoughts was changing him to be the nationalist which is still bad like it's still terrible but basically basically converting him from a a like an out and out like ku klux klan member to like an alt-right guy which still terrible still not still basically a nazi but i i ultimately decided you know he can he can just go away yeah, he can just well, not be a thing
0: i also like to think in the one book he's a clown like yeah. everyone else in the terrigen even people in his own factory like yeah he's useful but I'm just going to have him put him... When these bullets start firing, I'm just going to have him in front of me. Yeah, and That's what I'm going to do. Well, like, yeah,
2: I think like, I, I think, yeah, he's shrapnel's bullet sponge.
0: Yeah, basically, he's yeah. like, just get in front of me because you're all ridiculous. You are such a... You're such an asshole. You're such a tool.
1: And it's... He's even set up in this book to be cannon fodder. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, he is designed to be destroyed by someone. Like, mm-hmm. I will give White Wolf credit. They didn't set him up to be a good guy by any stretch oh, no, of the imagination. No, 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 no. But as just a thing that it like would be so hard to do with any nuance and carefully I'm just yeah. like you just don't
0: exist in Tui, buddy sorry like yeah <laughs> well, he or
2: exist. he he exists because like he's the guy you kill as part <laughs> of like your first big there. LA. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: or like he's not a part of the Terrigen right he like oh actually just thought of a, he thinks he is a part of the Terrigen and all the Terrigen are like <laughs> you're awful no we we do not no way we support you. Just,
1: yeah, you are no. the exact we support,
0: opposite. Uh, we, we support Garon and what the fuck he did. Yeah. We don't support you.
2: <laughs> He's part of the Terrigen until the exact second Divas Mall learned of his existence. Right.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then he ceases to exist. Yeah. In the one ebook, ooh, speaking of Divis Mall, he looms very large in this book. Because everything about the Terrigen is like, basically, what if Superman was your buddy? Or you're trying to get the, Superman's attention that's basically what this one ebook's about is what
2: if superman slash magneto
0: right yeah yeah please pay attention to me senpai please let me talk to you and help guide me and a lot of them are a little weird And each faction is a little different of how they view divas some are like he's our godhead and what he says goes where others are like yeah, we're all supposed to agree and like communally figure this out. And this guy doesn't get to say, ever gets to dictate exactly what we do. And Divis is in the background going, we'll see how this all shakes out.
2: Mm-hmm. He's very much the, the wait and see. He has an agenda. He has an agenda that is focused on Nova actualization. And that, that feeds into the story that they have in this, which is the Night of Long Knives, mm-hmm. uh, which is just it's quintessentially, I think, probably if you're going to run the Terrigen, at some point you need to do the Night of Long Knives because it's such an interestingly laid out scenario. They mention it in the in the Story Path Edition book as part of this the like this meta plot setting secrets area, but it's detailed out here. You mm-hmm. definitely will need to change elements of it because. Like we mentioned, there are factions that don't exist, factions that have been reshuffled. The, the reasons for some factions coming to exist don't, don't happen anymore. But the basic idea of interfactional conflict and Maul being the shadow instigator of it all because he wants to remove the wheat from the chaff yes. uh, and move forward, that is a very strong idea.
0: Because he's coming from, Diffus Maul is coming from the perspective of, I cannot tell you what to do. Or you'll never figure it out on your own. I can't be your dad. Right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't to want to be me. your dad. I don't want to be your dad. I'm not your dad. Like his... You need to tell me what you want. And then I, being really cool and powerful, will help you do that thing. Because I agree or sort of agree with whatever you're doing. But there needs to be a, a conversation mm-hmm. versus me telling you what to do. And the the Knives is basically going, give us... And every all the dominoes falling over going, okay, time to shuffle everything off. See who the real Terrence are and see which ones are just in it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's where like the selfishness explosion concept earlier I got to was, is the, the idea of this Night of Long knives finally coming to a head.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and, it's also the idea that like, I, I get this, so, like one of Wall's biggest weaknesses is that he doesn't shut down the people who worship him. Right. Like, because that is a problem The you have like, well, if you want me to be a God who you worship, then sure, I just need to hear that a little more clearly. Whereas if you pro- probably if you wanted to be a bit more of an effective leader, he'd probably shut that shit down.
1: What I like mm-hmm. in 2 and this is just very vaguely referenced, is they do hint that it's mostly scripture that is mm-hmm. pushing the cult of Maul element, and that Maul himself is a bit distant from that whole idea. And I like that adjustment because mm-hmm. it allows Maul to be like he could be not a good guy, but he could be altruistically like not encouraging that behavior for lots of different reasons. And scripture's just like, yes, you're a god, like accept mm-hmm. that. Like we're all gods, like worship yeah. Maul. It's okay.
2: Yeah, I like the 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 fact that he doesn't shut it down because it's like, oh, it's my boyfriend doing it. And that's right. a real awkward conversation.
0: Yeah, it's it's also it's also divas going. Well, are we gods? You, yeah. He has to take the long, long think of it is, are we gods? Are, what does it mean to be a god? And who am I to say what is, not, is and is not a god? And how people worship whoever they worship.
2: Yeah, and I think like the thing that you get in this is that Maul wants equals. More than anything else, he wants yeah. equals. And I think that calls back to the idea of why he, why he instigated End is because he's lonely. Yep. He's lonely he wants equals to, to be a part of a community. And Max
0: won't talk to me anymore.
2: And Max won't talk to me anymore because,
1: well, he's a dick. <laughs>
0: um, well, he's, he's not, you know, he's time traveling. It's fine. It happens. The, uh, that's an he,
1: open question of where Max is at this stage in reality. Mm-hmm. Like, he is either present and ignoring Maul, which I think makes Dr. Primoris or what was his? Don Donagle. Nicole. Michael Donegal, yeah. makes him sad that mm-hmm. his best friend has just completely ignored him. Uh, the idea of him being lonely is so key to understanding Divismal that without that, I don't think you can ever portray him well because that sense of loneliness permeates everything he does.
2: And it, it definitely, you get that across in between all of the, the, because at the very end of the the section, the, the in-play section, you get, the return of Divis Maul. You know, he awakens from his, one of his more recent chrysalises mm-hmm. and he, he, he sets people on the direction that he wants yeah. them on to be. He, sets, part, he starts setting the up the dominoes for his part of the Night of Long Knives. Because Night of Long Knives is not a, Maul's doing entirely. No. Like there are many people setting up this purge for their own
1: reasons. Um, and
0: then that's actually the meta like, motivation we had like the big meeting talked about earlier is he's been gone for a while. Maul hasn't been there as any sort of guide or advice. So the Terrigen has been spinning its own wheels, figuring itself out. The problem is that's created huge amounts of factorization. And this is like the fourth Chrysalis he comes out of. And he's like, I have returned. What do you have for me? And they're all like, that guy's an asshole. I hate him. Kill him. Like, they're just... Senpai, please kill
2: my enemies. Please kill my
0: enemies. I like you more.
2: So I have a little bit of like, mechanics wonkery to sure. to to hit you guys with. Sure. Cuz they talk about Maul's Chrysalis being him getting out of chrysalis earlier than expected.
1: Yep. Yes.
2: Uh, so my mechanics wonkery and this is this is comes into play when we get the information in the player's guide about like what quantum six plus abilities get is there is a certain point where like, I think quantum eight and you get, you get like direct quantum manipulation powers. My pet mechanics theory is that he came out of Chrysalis early because he achieved that power and then didn't need Chrysalis anymore. Nope. You're like, all right, I I've gotten basically exactly what I want out of this. Let's shut this shit down and go.
0: I I don't, I've, I don't have to go through the long rigmarole anymore. I've actualized myself completely. And now it's just to the moon, basically. Literally.
2: And then he comes out, and he realizes, like, oh, they're still nowhere near where I want them to be. Yeah,
0: well, he's had like a nearly a century, like of development, like yeah, especially in Tui, because he, right. when he when he got hit with the with the the experiment, 20th, it's experiment, yep. it's literally been a century, and that's where it's hinted at that he's like literally the most powerful Nova on the planet, with a few coming close to him like Pax, Cessus Pax, Mm -hmm. and a couple other people like a ubiquitous dragon that we've mentioned, that you guys have mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And a few others, just a few, few others are close to him.
2: So I think we should cap this off talking about the part of the book that bleeds into mechanics. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's the discussion of Chrysalis itself, because you get the, because this is where this mechanic showed up. This was not in the core book of first edition. And this is where you get this in the first case. And so the mechanics of it, you can throw out the window because they're much better in second edition. But the discussion of the Marvel, the monster, and the portent, and how they operate from a a, a philosophical level is very interesting because they talk a lot about it in the setting section. But this is where you get the Brax tax storytelling, how do you do this as a character? Right, Um, it's the role-playing notes. Role playing notes, exactly, and like how how the nitty gritty of it works from an internal character perspective works, in addition to the mechanic, and it is something that I am I am I think that that section, if you want to take something from the mechanic sections, is the most valuable if you want to play around with his ideas because yeah. the the it's not a lot of content, it's not a lot of text, but it is very descriptive of what does it mean explicitly to be a marvel. To be important, to be a monster,
0: because Terrace has never really laid out anywhere canonically. Mm-hmm. It's nebulous. It's nebulous for a reason. It's nebulous in one e. It's nebulous in two e. Because the whole point is, we're not actually going to write out a big uh, philosophical thesis for you people, where it's a role playing mm-hmm. game.
2: But well, we do, we do finally have the full text of the Null Manifesto. Yes, yes,
1: from the uh, Terra was- novella, and it will mm-hmm. be in other books coming up. We have been told. Indeed,
2: which I'm very much looking forward to. So we do get that and we combine that with this discussion of chrysalis yep. uh, that we get in this book, you can get an idea of what Terrace is all about. Right. And so I think that's very useful. That's my recommendation from the, at least the mechanics perspective. You get some interesting powers that you might be able to reskin and use in the new system, but really it's the discussion of chrysalis on a nitty gritty level that I think would be very valuable yeah, if, you, if you want to play this type of game. 100%. Um, and I will also call out, there's a excellent Nexus supplement out there by one Mr. Matthew Malice that mm-hmm. expands upon that, uh, uh, those ideas. Yeah, just uh, a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, that I do recommend you pick up because it's very well done.
0: Yeah, it's called Black Knoll. It's, it's my ad hoc, hey, you're running a Terrigen game in 2E. Here's some ideas, both both philosophically and mechanically, to help you reinforce it because... Nothing helps a player get in the right mindset if a mechanic does a thing, a certain thing in a certain way, and they go, oh, I get it. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. So please check it out. It's only, what, five bucks? It's five Mm -hmm. bucks. It's like 13, 14 pages, and I got some other stuff in there. It's useful. Please check it out.
2: Yeah, well worth it. Well worth the money. And It's interesting because I think mechanics as metaphor is something at least I know Matthew and I are big fans of, Mm -hmm. and it
0: does that very well. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, What others could we say about this book that hasn't been said? Man, we could have an entire podcast series just on this book. We could. could. It could be a series for sure.
1: Yeah, Um, I think it is good to know that it has been teased that there are going to be more books for Aberrant that may be touching on the Terrigen. So there may be some 2E material that's coming out that will be official that I think this episode will still be out way before that book mm -hmm. hits. uh, (laughs) So just be aware of that if you are porting anything over, that it may get superseded by other things in the future. But that is all I can say about that. Indeed. Yeah,
0: that's, yeah. But, but we look it's a continuum,
1: so you can use what you want. Yep, yep, exactly. Okay, so for now, keep your arms around the Trinity Continuum. Your your take... definite arms that do exist. Exactly. Yeah, you has
0: got six arms on that cover. You get yeah, he arms. does have six arms. Lots <laughs> of arms. Six arms. Lots of arms. Too many arms.